Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wooldridge, and this is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, the uh, Snake Eyes, toy, toy, toy movies. And with me, as always, is the astonishing, the astounding Roxy Stryer. Roxy. We do have a lot more room to play when we're not just going with the R's anymore. I've given up on the R's, and I know, Roxy, I know there are more R words, but I'm too much of a dum-dum to think of them. No, you're absolutely not. I'm in a creakety chair today. That's fun for all of us. The good news is I can't hear it. Whoa. So that's just for you. On my end, it's like... That's just let us know in the chat if you can hear Roxy's creaky chair. Yes, it is a very important conversation starter. <laughs> it's the where we get we. It's how we start every episode talking about our creaky creaky chairs. Um, yeah, so today we are talking about the new uh, Snake Eyes movie that is dropping uh, this weekend or last weekend, depending on when you're listening to this episode, along with a bunch of other stuff. But before we get started, some business up top, of course, you could be one of the people watching this live on patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers live Friday mornings at 10 a.m. PST. Uh, So go to Patreon and check that out. We love having the people in the chat. we got some amazing people with us today asking us questions live and also you if you listen to this on spotify we ask a question every week when i remember to post it and you can answer those last week was what would be your ideal pairing of an athlete and a cartoon universe in a movie of course springing off of space jam stephanie r uh, stephanie Eraposo, sorry, Stephanie. Uh, Teen titans go to the world cup with cristiano ronaldo sounds great sign me up Ray Rafael Alvarez nailed it. While on vacation in Hawaii, Muhammad Ali falls into a portal to a Lilo and Stitch film. He has to help Lilo find Stitch in an island-wide game of hide-and-seek. Lilo and Ali, 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 oxen-free. I love it. You guys are great. Um, Sierra Brown. I want to see Simone Biles in the DC Universe because she and Harley Quinn would have fun acrobatic adventures together. Plus, she's obviously superhuman already. I love Mm. that, you know, we asked ourselves the same question. And I think you and I did okay coming up with answers. But I feel like they they were on it. They always kick our butt, which I'm okay with. Uh, is can Simone act? Who knows? Listen, uh, one could argue that LeBron James and Michael Jordan uh, acting is not their greatest skill, and yet they still have two hit movies. I, and I asked that same question before that. Mm-hmm. So. Can they act? Mm-hmm. Great question, and the jury's still out. Also, <laughs> as always, you can go to iTunes and review us and give us a five star review. We love it. We want it. We need it. Please, and we will read whatever you write. I keep saying, I keep making this promise, and I guess people are too nice to take me up on it. But you could, even if you don't like us, write that five star review. Write whatever you want, and I will read it. I have to. I'm contractually obligated. Hmm. But now, let's get into what we are into this week. We've got some exciting stuff to discuss. But first up, M. Night Shyamalan's new hit film, possibly hit film, maybe. Yeah, where are you getting that? (laughs) His new film, Old. Which, by the way, I found out, I didn't know this, Roxy, uh, I found out that it is based, apparently, when I pulled up the IMDb on it, it is based off of a novel uh, called the Sandcastle, which is a better name, I think. But any, that's beside the point. 
I'm so happy you just said that because for some reason when you said it's based off, I thought you were going to say a true story. And, and I was going to be like, DJ, you can't believe everything you read. Yeah, that's not that's not true. Well, And you know, especially, you know, when you watch a lot of horror movies, they're like based on a true story. It's like bullshit. That's based not- on as in they took the name of somebody they once met. Mm-hmm. And now that's true. Yeah, the one the one that always lives with me is, I, you know, of course, um, Strangers made, got a lot, of, a lot of mileage out of it based on a true story. And what was the true story? The guy heard a story from a friend that somebody knocked on their door in the middle of the night and then later in the morning they found out the next door house had been robbed when their neighbors were gone and it's like well that's interesting because that's not the story of the movie very similar (laughs) very similar so anyway tell me about old i want to preface this by saying that i have now had in-depth conversations with three people who have seen this movie Mm -hmm. and i very very clearly am by far and away the one who likes it the most so i okay i think i am in the vast minority i i did not realize watching it that other people were not going to enjoy it i kind of thought we were all going to be on the same page of like this is a second tier m night movie yeah not a top tier. It's not the first tier. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, this is not The Sixth Sense. This is not Unbreakable. This mm-hmm. is not, those are my two favorite, but what, yes. insert your two favorite there. This is, but this is also not the bottom tier. Yeah. Which there is a bottom there tier. Is, there is, very M-Night. bottom. This is for sure, for sure in that second tier of there's some really great concepts in here. This definitely makes you think mm-hmm. there's a, M. Night kind of twist as there are in all movies. I happen to really like this one. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought the characters were interesting enough. The dialogue is really not good. <laughs> as typically it's not with him. Yeah. The, the way it was shot was a definite choice. I liked that most of the time. Some of the times we focus on like out of focus body parts a lot Mm. that um, we're hearing people talk but we're just kind of looking at their ankles a lot yeah it it worked for me yeah for some people it might not it also does a a pretty decent job and i all of this being in my opinion but in my opinion explaining itself here are the things that we decided here are the things that were like what why the fuck is that happening here's what and why and how this happened yeah and i like movies that answer their own questions i i there's still room for interpretation and some room for what do you think? But I don't like movies that are just like, what if? And then they never explain like who, what, when, where, why, how. It's just like an interesting discussion that you could have had with a teacher or something. Yeah. So for me, I kind of liked this. I thought that it was worth watching. Yeah. I. It's interesting the way you describe it. I've not seen it for full disclosure. I have not seen it yet. I am looking forward to seeing it. Um, but it reminds me of when Sam and I were coming out of our screening for glass and we were both kind of like, Hey, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. We, we enjoyed it. We had fun. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't, um, um, uh, split, you know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, which was the closest comparison. It definitely wasn't unbreakable like you were talking about, but like, yeah, we had fun with it and you, but you could feel the conversation around us was of a very different opinion. Like everybody else was like, man, that was trash. And I was like, well, it wasn't. Wasn't trash. I mean, I, I guess teach his own. So it seems like, um, it seems like a similar situation here on Rotten Tomatoes, and this is wild, Roxy. I I feel like 
uh, we've got a lot of Rotten Tomatoes all over the place um, because I feel like pretty consistently there's the critic score and then there's the audience score, which is almost, I feel like almost universally higher than the critic yeah. score almost always. Not with old. Uh, Unless it, when it's a really pretentious movie. Yeah, well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into okay. that in a little bit. So old, as of this recording, is sitting at a 56% Rotten Tomato score and a 56% audience score. It's dead even, which is wild to me. Whoa. Old has no shortage of interesting ideas. Hey, you said that. And the writer-director M. Night Shyamalan's uneven execution will intrigue or annoy viewers with little middle ground between. Wow, that is, you, you nailed it. It's like they, they beamed that out of your brain. Um, the synopsis is mm. a thriller about a family on a topical, tropical holiday who discover that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives to a single day. It was written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, but based on a novel by Pierre Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters, and it's starring Gail Garcia Bernal and Alex Wolf, Thomas and Mackenzie, Abby Lee, and a bunch of other folks. I... I'm going to go see it because I have been enjoying the, this, this, I, but here's the thing. Like I kind of like genre B movies. Like I kind of just like the, the, so I'm, I'm down for that. So I, again, I enjoyed glass. I liked split. I liked, what was his, the one with the kids where they're staying with their grandparents, the visit, the was visit. That? I enjoyed the visit. Like, you know what I mean? Like I kind of like yeah. this middle tier, like obviously, like you said, not as great as like six sense or unbreakable, but I'm enjoying this like middle tier, uh, M night Shyamalan semi Renaissance. So I feel like I will probably at least find it watchable. Yeah. I think if you're the type of person who looks at the Thanos snap mm-hmm. and thinks I get, what he's going for <laughs> Thanos. then you're the type of person who would be intrigued by this movie weird that's a weird <laughs> pitch that's a weird pitch <laughs> you know how some people are like no f that guy blah 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 there's no way and then there's the people like me who are like the world might be a better place if but he's here's my thing here's my thing and we're just, just because just while we're on it the the problem there's a lot of problems with the Thanos snap, but it doesn't fix any of the systematic because the problem our planet has is not that there's too many people, it's that there's a, a, a small number of them that are taking a majority of the resources, and if you just randomly half those people, that problem doesn't go away. Also, uh, uh, Patreon uh, Joey, who's on our Patreon, pointed out that I think our population has doubled in the last like five to ten years. So it's like, well, then we're just wait a minute and we'll be back to right where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I think that if you're the kind of person who walks away from that film and thinks about things like that, yeah, yeah. then this might be enjoyable for you. Very cool. It, it's, I, I don't, you know how, when you talk to people who really dislike something, it makes you like it more sometimes. Yes. It's like the more they double down, the more I was like, wait a second. I don't agree. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is not how I feel. Yes, I do know I how that is. I solidly liked this film. Yep. I, and I did in the chat, Danny M said, would you compare old to the visit or split? If you mean compare as in, in tone, um, M. Night's movies all have kind of like a similar vibe to me. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely, you watch this and if you didn't know it was M. Night, I think you'd walk away being like, that was 1000% M. Night. Mm-hmm. Um so I think in, in terms of that, I would say I liked this more than I liked The Visit, less than I liked Split. 
I think that's fair. I would. I'm really interesting interested to see when we finally do like career retrospectives on M Night because what a wild career! Like, what just what a crazy journey. Uh, yeah, but I dig him having like it. Kind of reminds me of when I'm stoned and I have <laughs> one thought. And then I dive into it for so long. Mm-hmm. He does that with every one of his movies. Yeah. And like, but what if? And I kind of dig him just being, he's so M. Night 100% of the time. And sometimes that lands and sometimes it doesn't. But I really respect him as a creator because I think he just makes whatever the fuck it is that he is thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree. Well, oh, and I think I think especially now, I think th- there might have been an argument when he was making Avatars or that Will Smith movie After Earth or whatever that he was trying to do the studio thing, and that's why he's kind of landed in that. Like, well, I'm just going to do my thing now. Like, you know, I listen. This is what I want to do. <laughs> I just want to do like almost like middle brow twilight zone type movies and i'm i'm for it i'm i'm into it i'm like you i dig it so you have to text me after dj i'm curious what you think of this movie i will let you know because now now at this point i don't know what to expect but as you all know uh the hellbent campaign kickstarter ended and was very very successful and i want to thank you all again for supporting that however if you missed it we do have a pre-order store through backer kit that is going to be going on for a limited amount of time, and as we as we lock in orders and everything, um, Backer Kit uh, allows us an opportunity. is very helpful with Kickstarter stuff for a lot of reasons. If you've contributed, there will be a chance to do add-ons that weren't necessarily part of the original campaign. But also, it allows an opportunity, again, if you missed it, if uh, for whatever reason you weren't able to participate in the Kickstarter, you still have an opportunity to get the book. And you can do that by going to hellbentcomicbook.com. There's a little pre-order link. You can click that. And, of course, none of that would have been possible at all without the people that made the Kickstarter happen. So so, so thank you all. And, and, and this is just the thing. If you missed it, go check that out. How now, do they find that? Uh, hellbentcomicbook.com. And then there's just a little button that says pre-order now. And you click on that. Um, or you can look. I, t- I tweeted it out as well. So now we've got some news to discuss. I'm sure you discussed this on your show, Roxy. Uh, Leslie Grace from In the Heights has been officially cast as Batgirl. Is it, is it, Bar- it is confirmed that it's Barbara Gordon, right? Barbara Gordon Batgirl? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there, that's, there, there it is. There's our Batgirl. And it, that was super exciting. And then I remember that this movie is going straight to HBO Max, which made me a little, just a slightly less excited. <laughs> oh really yeah just because it's it makes it feel like i don't know if you feel this way doesn't it the fact that like on the you could look at it as like hbo max is obviously investing in the platform so they want like a big ticket dc movie to anchor it the other way to look at it is it feels like batgirl's kind of been shuttled off onto just straight to stream it's like well we're not going to put her on the big screen we're just going to shuttle this off to hbo max and that bums me out a little bit I think you are speaking the public sentiment right now. A lot of people that I talked to felt that way. Like, this is cool casting news. However, it's not even going to be in theaters. And that's a bummer that that's the conversation around it right now. Yeah. So we've got um, uh, some questions. we got Nathan the Man. Well, this isn't a question. Nathan the Man says, I hope Batgirl is like, shh, let me listen to my block. And it's just a bunch of crime happening in Gotham. 
Uh, that got a lot of laughs That's in the chat. That's funny. Um, and Brenda says, do you think this Batgirl is tied into the RPATS Batman film or will this be off on its own? Do you guys have a preference of how you'd like to see that connection play out? I think we've heard that it's not going to be tied into the RPATS world, that more likely it's going to be tied into the other DCEU. I am inclined to agree with you. That said, if you think about um, our pats, and, and I, I'm yeah, I almost 100% think you're right, but uh, the our pats Batman's Commissioner Gordon is played by Jeffrey Wright. The mm-hmm. DCEU's Batman is is played by J.K. Simmons, and Leslie Grace passes as I think I think passes as Jeffrey Wright's daughter more believably than J.K. Simmons. I guess it depends on who who the the other the egg is. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, egg yes, that is one of, that is the way of, that is a way to phrase that. Yeah, yeah. Uh I it's interesting. I think that I would prefer them to just not even think about anything other than making a good movie and then figure the rest out kind of after DC seems to get in trouble when they focus too hard on their interconnective web. Yeah. So this is going to be on HBO max. We know we're in a multiverse. There's always things we can figure out later. I I don't know what their intention is with Batgirl and if she has any connection or correlation to, I mean, Honestly, there's a lot of different options. The there's the Joker universe, there's the Arbats yeah, universe, the there's universe. the Batwoman universe, CW mm-hmm. universe. Now that this this is an HBO Max show, and a lot of HBO Max stuff is does CW also, like we saw with uh, Star Girl, I think. Um, yeah, and when Titans is going over, Titans, and it's definitely yep. not the Titans universe because they're introducing their Barbara Gordon season three, right? Yeah. Um, unless it is. And <laughs> and you just never fucking know. So there's just a ton, and then obviously there's the Ben Affleck Batflick universe too. Uh, yeah, doesn't have Batflick anymore. Yes, supposedly. that so, that, is, that is true. I will say I would be very excited, you know, because we just got we were just talking about Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey a little bit, um, and the Birds of Prey are more usually more associated with Barbara Gordon, and so I would be very interested in seeing. Um, uh, Black Canary and Huntress interact with Leslie Grace's Barbara Gordon. So on that, again, like, just like that movie, because Margot Robbie's in it is ostensibly connected to the other ones, but also the continuity kind of doesn't matter. Maybe we do that. Maybe we let, like, uh, uh, Journey Smollett's Black Canary pop in for a cameo, and it's like, well, is it connected to the other ones? Ah, Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? Yeah, yeah, that would be very cool. What are you hoping that this story is? Um, that's a really interesting. That's a good question. There's obviously a lot of good Batgirl stories. I think, unfortunately, some of her more iconic ones involve her as a victim. Which let's not do that, please. Um, I. This is this is another thing where I'm kind of bummed. Like the people that are directing it, the gentleman directing it also did Bad Boys for Life, and they did a perfectly fine job in that movie. But I do wish it wasn't guys directing it. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Um, what like, were you thinking about an Oracle story? I mean, what? Are... I don't know that you could do. I I 
I think Oracle works well in the context of something like Birds of Prey, where she's part of a team. I would like to see her as Batgirl. Um, personally, I would like to see her in the her Burnside costume, because I think that's the best Batgirl costume that we've gotten so far. Some variation of that. It's the same version of the costume we saw in the Harley Quinn animated series. Um and I think you do I think you do what you would have to do if you did a Nightwing movie or anything like that where the character is striking out on their own out from the shadow. This would also be a really, really, really great opportunity to like uh you know, just slide in a little Nightwing to like lay the seats. A lot of people seats. are talking about yeah, just that. Have, and it's actually, that would actually be really great if the first time we got like Nightwing is as Batgirl's love interest. Like he's not, he is the love interest of this movie. He's not like, um, and then maybe we get a spinoff or whatever. But I think it's the same thing. Like you, you're going, every, every time they spin off one of these, the, the Bat kids, it's always like, I'm going to define myself outside of Batman's shadow. So I think it would have to be something along those lines. Um, I, what about you, Roxy? Like, what, what do you think, outside of whatever they've done in the comics, what do you think would be compelling, uh, uh, the most compelling take of a young woman, um, presumably college age or just coming out of college, and, and being part of the Bat family? What do you think would be a cool way to tackle that character? Well, I do think that we're going to have to start pretty early on, which makes sense because we did cast somebody really young um, and see where she does fit in and how she is figuring it out. I don't think they can kind of throw us in full blown because I, I do think people are going to have questions. Is commissioner Gordon going to be heavily featured in this movie? Yeah. If so, then we're going to have to know who he is. If so, that's going to tell us very clearly what universe we're in. Yeah. And if so, then that's going to dictate a lot of what the story is, probably. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure. I do want to get through it quickly, like the part where we have to explain ourselves, because I just kind of want to live with her. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that means. But uh, yeah, I, I'm always interested in like a when heroes are young and they're coming into their powers and they're part of a collective, but we're seeing them more on their own. I do also think it's a great uh, time and place to introduce Nightwing because then I think that we've had a lot of plans for Nightwing in the future. And there's been even conversations about not even having a Batman in the greater DCU uh, and having Nightwing kind of fill those shoes for a little. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool things that we can do here. It being on HBO Max is not as much of a deterrence for me as it is for other people. I think mostly because I still look at HBO Max as I look at HBO, which is the premium content place. Yeah. Like, you know, the place that brought us Sopranos and Game of Thrones. And, and Gossip Girl. But that's, yeah, that's HBO Max. That's the weird part about what yeah, they've done yeah, to I their know. brand. That is weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, touche. <laughs> touche. I think there's a second episode. I certainly have not watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and it is, that is the weird disconnect because I'm similar to you where it's still, it's still HBO and there's still elements of that. If you, there's people have had problems with the app, but there's still like a lot of really great like criterion content on there which is definitely in line with what you and i associate with hbo like this is the network that gave us sopranos and it's also where you go if you want to watch the maltese falcon like that's all within the same it makes sense yeah. to me it's also yeah, where you yeah. go to watch gossip world and space jam new legacy um 
Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, and I think you're right that if the second we introduce Commissioner Gordon, that tells us that definitely tells us something about the continuity. The good news is if it's in either, and I do think it's more likely that it would be in the the more traditional Batfleck, you know, whether he shows up or not, the Batfleck universe is whether it is Jeffrey Wright or JK Simmons. You, you, I would want either one of those people in my, my, your movies immediately yeah, better by movie. having either of them. Yeah. And the dynamic between the two of them, between commissioner Gordon, and Barbara Gordon is obviously something that would, would make a really interesting movie. Uh, the last time I saw Barbara Gordon was as a baby in Gotham, when, <laughs> when maybe it's in the Gotham continuity, when uh, Commissioner Gordon and member Barbara Keene, <laughs> yes, had the baby, but he was also with Marina Backman's character, who was Lee, so they named the baby Barbara Lee Gordon. It's kind of how we left it. Um, so you know, maybe that Barbara grew up to be mm-hmm. <laughs> leslie grace no yeah. we just don't know that would be wild that would be wild if if uh the that very very white blonde girl <laughs> yes who played barbara keen and uh ryan from the oc yeah. ryan atwood had a baby and it was leslie grace that would be the questions would need to be asked <laughs> i i agree though kayla marie says she could be adopted that's very true i don't think that that would change her story significantly if she was so although i mean i i I, I, yes however i would like to see there's a good opportunity don't i don't hire leslie grace in a vacuum you have an opportunity to make one flesh out her mom we always talk about her in context of her dad this is an opportunity to flesh out her mom besides what gotham did um and also dive into if if that her background primarily comes from her mom, her ethnic background, that's a good opportunity to dive into that and explore that and have that be a, a vibrant part of the character and not just, well, we hired this, per-. you know what I mean? Like it, it, it can change the, the texture and the context of a character. And yeah. I think a really uh, positive and interesting, interesting way. So and maybe that's why she has to find the bat family. Cause who am I? Where am I? Where do I come from? Yeah, maybe, maybe there's a lot of questions. I hope and it'll be interesting to see what villain they decide to use. Um, it'll be interesting to be be interesting to see how much they try to, to connect to the other uh, continuity. Um, also, it's we have Sasha Kali as Supergirl in Flash. Correct, that's the correct actress. Yeah, I would be yeah. interesting. I I've we don't have a is, that, is it Kaye or Kali? Ooh, great question. I'm probably mispronouncing it, and I do. Pr- I have apologize. no idea. I have no idea. I'm not correcting you because I do not know. I maybe have been saying it wrong. Yeah. So yeah. So so in, either way. Um. And, and I don't know the the images, the, the paparazzi images that have come out. Seem to imply to me that this isn't the Cara Donvers Supergirl. Either way. I would really like to see Batgirl and Supergirl hang out. I think that'd be really that'd cool. Be it bums me out that we haven't gotten more of that. Like, like I think there's just a lot of mileage out of that that relationship. As I, maybe it's just me as the guy that loves Superman and Batman being friends. Like, I want all of their fam- I want all of their family to be hanging out with each other. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's like, okay, we've got Leslie Grace, we've got this actress with Supergirl, we've got those two things. Maybe that Supergirl's part of a different continuity. Maybe her and this Batgirl can be BFFs and team up and have adventures. Anyway, whatever. That's cool. We'll find out eventually. When, do we know when the movie's supposed to come out? Anyway. Uh, ne- next year, maybe? Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It feels like 
it, feel, it feels like there's like still casting announcement it's for fucking spider-man no way home and it comes out in like four months or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get into our main discussion for today, which is Snake Eyes, the latest G.I. Joe movie, a reboot from the previous movies on Rotten Tomatoes. As of this recording, it has a 53%. Far from silent and not particularly deadly, Snake Eyes serves as a setup for the G.I. Joe franchise, thanks in no small part uh, to Henry Golding's, Henry Golding's work and the title role. The synopsis is a G.I. Joe spinoff centered around the character Snake Eyes, which is short but true. Uh, it is directed by Robert Schwanky, Schwentke, I think, uh, and written by Evan Spiliotopoulos. Joe yeah, Shrapnel. I just interviewed him. Oh, cool. Uh, Joe <laughs> Shrapnel, which in no way could possibly be his real name, and Anna Waterhouse, and of course, starring Henry Golding as Snake Eyes, Andrew Koji, who you may recognize from the show, HBO show Warrior, which I highly recommend. He plays Tommy slash Storm Shadow. Haruka Abe as Akiko. Samara Weaving as Scarlet for like two scenes. Uh, Ursula uh, Corbero as Baroness for like three scenes. Aiko Uwais as Hardmaster. Peter Mesa as Blindmaster. And Takahiro Hira as Kenta. So I've been pretty vocal online about my feelings on this movie that I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. And I told you, Roxy, before we started to not tell me what you thought. But now is the time for you to tell me what you thought. <laughs> I was so into this movie. Yay! I didn't know. I didn't know. I was sitting there. I went to an earlier screening, and I I was I didn't so know. So you went to the five o'clock. I went to the five o'clock because oh, I, I was so excited to see you there, and then you weren't there. But there was one really tall person, and I was like DJ. And then no, no, yeah, I went to the five o'clock because I like to avoid traffic, and uh, and that's why I went to the eight o'clock. Interesting. Well, I guess with the different five traffic, o'clock is prime time traffic. What are you talking I'm, about? But I'm going the opposite way. I'm going the opposite oh. direction of the traffic. Um, so, and it's one of those, we just talked about glass. You talked about old. It was one of those things that at first when the movie started, I was like, mm. and then I will see if we get into spoilers or not, but there's a very specific twist with the character that just, the movie goes, is going in a pretty standard direction. And then they do a little twist that suddenly I was into it. And by the end of the movie, I was really into it, and I was like, I feel like I'm going to get eaten alive for this opinion, but I actually really enjoy it. Oh, okay. So you and I had the exact opposite experience. Okay, okay, okay. I thought the first act was so good. Like, the first act of this movie, I was like, holy shit. This is a really fucking good movie. Oh, my God. And I thought the second act was okay, and by the third act, I was like, oh, they they made some choices here that I really wish they had not made. Interesting, interesting. Different, different story. Yeah, for me, I thought the opening... Um, was a little disjointed. It do, it does the thing that it really annoys me. In a movie where you have like multiple prologues, like this is the beginning of the movie, but this could have also been the beginning of our movie. And here's this, this is also the beginning of our movie. And it's just like start whatever the third one of those is. Start there and move forward. But action. But, yeah, but action. But then they go back, and that stuff actually does matter, and it do, yeah. it does pertain to to what there, there's a reason that stuff is there. It's not just like we didn't know what to cut, and. 
it's interesting. I know there's been a lot of opinions, a lot of like, um, I, I grew up, uh, I, I say I grew up as a big fan of G.I. Joe. That's not technically true. I grew up a big fan of Snake Eyes because he's the ninja. Like, he's just that guy. That guy's fucking cool. I'm into that. Um, and it's interesting. So I did some research. I was, I was just looking into some stuff. And I didn't realize that Snake Eyes was actually a way for the, the company that made those action figures to save money. It, most Other than the head, most of the parts of that action figure are from other toys. And they just, it was black plastic, so they didn't have to paint it. That was it. It was just like, well, here we go. This will be cheap. And of course, you make him like a ninja character. He, he didn't factor into the cartoon all that much. He was he didn't talk. You never saw his face. But something about it really, like, clearly I wasn't the only kid that was into Snake Eyes because now we have the movie. Like, same thing, like, as a kid, who's my favorite Transformer? Bumblebee. Turns out I'm not special. There's a reason he got his own movie. <laughs> um, so... Uh, and I know in Larry Hama's G.I. Joe comic. I think you're special. Thank you. Uh, the In the Larry Hama's G.I. Joe comic, they did a lot more to flesh out his backstory. Um, and this doesn't, isn't too beholden to any of that. Obviously, it's not beholden to the idea of you can't see his face or hear him because you cast Henry Gold. Are you fucking kidding me? You're going to cast Henry Golding and then cover his face for the whole movie? No, you're not going to fucking do that. That's crazy talk. Um, I love his face. He's got a great face. He's also got a really good voice, and he mostly hits his American accent. There's a few times. I don't know about mostly, DJ. He hit or miss. There's a lot of times. He sometimes hits it. He sometimes hits it. And there's a lot of times it actually remembers reminded me of um of um oh why am i blanking so hard right now henry cavill's american accent where there's just times like you can feel him like working through it and it just made me go back to the idea that i think uh henry golding would actually make a really good superman uh we actually have a question here from leonard kim do you think snake eyes helps henry golding fortify his case for being the next bond sure but I'm more on the track. I would like to see him be Superman. I think he'd be a really good Clark Kent slash Superman as, as going to be my vote. I, oh God, I think he's so good uh, on the accent train though. I, one of my things with this movie was the accents were all the fuck over the place. I always uh, feel bad. I don't know if you feel the same way. I always feel bad when you have an actor that you know is British and they, they're forced to have an American accent, but then act in a scene with somebody who gets to keep their British accent. Like I think of John Boyega in Star Wars. It's like, wait, how come she gets to keep her British accent? Okay, I got to make an American saying, accent. Are you saying that like Andrew Koji had a British accent? Because I don't think no, that's what that uh, was. No, uh, uh, um, uh, Haruka Abe is a Kiko. But also, interestingly oh. enough, uh, Andrew Koji is British. Right, I yeah, know. Yeah. And his accent was bizarro in this as well. Interestingly was, enough, though, he actually is of Japanese descent, which I thought he, it's because in Warrior, he plays of somebody of Chinese descent. So anyway. Yeah, um, but being of Japanese descent did not help his English-speaking Japanese accent <laughs> accent. Yeah. Uh, the the one with the perfect accent was the uh, grandma. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. So that was great. The, the rest of the accents, it didn't bother me too much because I was like, sure, because I don't even know where any of them are. Sp- so sure, whatever mm-hmm. voice you want to choose. But it was so the accents were all the fuck over the place. And I was like, all right, yeah. sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I think that at some point and Danny, I'm saying no spoilers. We're not. Do- and that's not what we're doing right now. But no. at some point, this movie changed genres for me. It went from being like a action ninja movie yeah to a sci-fi almost fantasy i would say like it it, it hits there there is a moment 
and they and they do light hints they're light like hey light little little nuggets throughout like hey things are gonna get weird just stay tuned and then there's one specific moment we see the opening of it in, in one of the trailers and it's like oh yeah we're but we're in full-on fantasy territory and this and that's the part and i'll be interested to know your thoughts because that's the part as somebody that knows gi joe it's like well this isn't that weird for G.I. Joe. Like, this is shit so that I this happens. I don't know anything. I know nothing about G.I. Joe. So how did... Well, again, no spoilers, but I think you know the scene I'm talking about where it's like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Totally. How did, how did that hit you? I was kind of like, wow. So you had picked up on things, like, just stay tuned. I had not picked up on any of that. Yeah. So I was like, wow, there was no lead up to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, like... I mean, I guess we had heard characters say things that specifically were leading up to that looking back. Yeah. But at the time, I was kind of like, do, 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 do. And then I was like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, and so everything actually looked really cool. Yeah. So that helped. Because if you're going to switch genres on me halfway through a movie, mm-hmm. make it look cool. Yeah. But I was not expecting nor ready for. And I was really down one path that I was stoked about. Yeah. And then you're going to left turn me and that's okay but i was really enjoying the path that i was on so mm-hmm. at the end of the day i still really liked the movie because i liked these characters a lot yeah and it had built a strong enough foundation that some of the decisions that were made like there's a somebody who decides at some point to team up with somebody that i feel like they never ever <laughs> in their right mind would have done that with and that is not a spoiler because there's 80 characters and yeah. this is a small it's a tiny whatever it is mm-hmm. i was just like explain that to me mm-hmm. um there's things like that that took place that i was kind of like there's no if you break this down mm-hmm. no no that decision doesn't make sense or like de- decisions in the last 20 minutes of the movie that i was like you're you're making that person do that thing for that reason no no conversation mm-hmm. all right okay mm-hmm. so i feel like the last 20 minutes of this movie was just like the only thing on their mind was future setting up for future. Got to get to the future. Yeah. And I, that, that like didn't ruin the movie for me. Cause I still loved this, but made it. So it, it felt like it cheapened it a little. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get that. And I think, and, and I think that's where the part where like me being a fan helped paper over some of those. I don't think it is a spoiler to say that there is a MacGuffin uh, that, that would have been very easily, uh, if this were a Marvel movie, it would have been an Infinity Stone. Uh, and it, and I think the second we started hinting at the MacGuffin, it's like, okay, so there's some heightened stuff because there's no way you got something back in feudal Japan that's going to make sense as a weapon for Cobra now without like magic. You know what I mean? Like, there's just that's not how those, that's just not, I don't see how that would work. And I think my biggest criticism of the movie is. I think it becomes more confident as the movie goes on, but especially early on, the action is very much filmed in the like early aughts. I'm going to put the camera right up to somebody's face and shake the shit out of it. And it's like action. And it's like, well, that's not, I don't know what's happening. Like it's, I, it's, I'm getting motion sickness. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and I think it becomes a little bit more stable as it be- goes on, but it is very stylish. It is very much, I think it, while it is an action, it, it is a movie based off of a cartoon that was meant to sell kids action figures that is what this is let's not we it's not for this not pretend that it's anything else it takes that basic premise and kind of marries it to the it's no it, it's there's no 
accident that Snake Eyes, the ninja character, was so popular in the 80s and 90s because kids fucking love... I was one of them. We loved fucking ninjas in the 80s and 90s. There was a bunch of B-movies that were like fucking ninjas. This feels like that, but with like a big studio budget. Like the the it's early on, but the scene where they're they're in a truck and like every everybody's putting their fucking sword in the truck bed as they're trying to escape. Like that shit's great though. It's in the trailers. The big fight on the car transport thing, fucking great. Yeah, I dug that so much yeah. too because stupid as shit, but it like works perfectly. Well, and there's there's um there's an action scene in like a Tokyo alleyway that feels like a set, but but again. It it felt like it's something based off action figures. It felt like a playset. Like I would buy that playset. Like I would buy the Tokyo fight scene playset. You know, and so I I liked the energy it tapped into. I liked the twists. I think it made smart decisions. I think it said like, listen, all the kids, most of the kids that grew up with GI Joe love Snake Eyes. But if you're going to make a movie around him, the dude, you can't see his face and he doesn't talk. And that's not a character. Like, I just, I had never seen any of the other live action G.I. Joe movies. So last night I watched um, Retaliation, which I did not love. So uh, are they connected, DJ? They are not. Because Retaliation very much has, ha- implies a Snake Eyes origin that is totally, like, we flash back to Snake Eyes and, and Storm Shadow as children interacting, which of course is not the story here. So it's completely disconnected. Which I think is smart because that movie's kind of nonsense. And also, as much as I love Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes looks kind of silly in that movie. Like, you just have this guy in black armor walking around not talking. Like, it doesn't play the same way as it did in the animated series. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. making the decision to say, we're ca- one, we're casting Henry Golding. We're not going to cover up that, that dude's face. That's suicide. Like, that's that's film suicide. Like, that's we got to show this dude's face. And it also does something smart as, and, and you would not have had this experience, Roxy, but as a if, if, growing up with it, I know Snake Eyes good guy, Storm Shadow bad guy. That is not the relationship at the beginning of this movie. You know what I mean? Like we, they do a lot of work, and I and I think the actors, the actors do a majority of the heavy lifting here. The, um, like I buy into Andrew Koji's Storm Shadow and his perspective and his relationship great. and his relationship to Snake Eyes, and I think they make the smart decision to make Snake Eyes for a bulk of this movie is kind of a fucking jackass. Like he's kind of a. And- and Storm Shadow's not, and he's not. And so, as somebody, as a fan, I'm I'm sitting there going like, well, then how do we? How does this? What I'm genuinely, I don't know. Like, where is this? I know this is a setup movie. I know Snake Eyes, good guy, Storm Shadow, bad guy. I know that's where we're going, but I don't quite know how we're going to get there. And of course, like you said, the setup. Like, I like Samara Weaving. I like the character Scarlet. Did she need to be in this movie? She she did she did not need to be in this. Was movie. Was she in this movie? <laughs> Was she in this movie? I don't know if, about you. I couldn't believe blinking, you'll miss her. Exactly, like she shows up in one scene, and then it's like, is she gonna come? But was that it? Was that was that? Because then the movie keeps going without her. Like, hey, whatever. Um, I think she's like, I'll get there. Well, I'll get there eventually. Um, and, and I think they end up utilizing it fine, but it is definitely to set up things. But I think. For me, though, I I feel like this movie was successful because I am interested in the things it set up. I didn't. Me too. I was not on board with necessarily. I don't need a GI Joe universe. I, yeah, I grew up with the toys, but like, listen, I grew up with Transformers too, and I'm fucking burned the fuck out on those movies. So you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And now it's like I'm in. I'm into it. I'd like to see. I'd like to see more. Yeah, I, I'm kind of surprised that as a G.I. Joe fan, you like this as much as you did because from what I'm understanding based on the online discourse is that people like me 
who don't care about his actual origin story or the changes that are made or whatever are liking it more than the people like you who are G.I. Joe, grew up with G.I. Joe people. Yeah, and I think that's... Because at the end of the day, it's like you just got to... I don't, I don't know how you make a movie... Again, it's a toy line. We're talking about toys. And so I don't know how you make a movie off of that. Or, and, not, and not to discredit Larry Hama's G.I. Joe comic. It is, it is legendary. It's a legendary run. It's an iconic run. Um, but it's... I just... I don't see how you, you make that movie without being silly and kind of dumb like G.I. Joe Retaliation. G.I. Joe Retali- Retaliation touches on the classic origin and it's kind of derpy. And I just I, I think at the end of the day, you got to make a movie that's going to compel people to stick around with these characters. And I and as much as I, I as a kid and as an adult, I like the silent but deadly snake eyes. I like Henry Golden Snake Eyes, and I think that's the one you make a movie around. And guess what? We can get to the point. Whenever Henry, I feel like this is more a setup for a Snake Eyes two than necessarily a GI Joe. Me too. Me um, too. And so it's like, listen, maybe at the end of Snake Eyes three, he loses his voice, and Henry Golden gets to walk away, and then we just have some stunt guy in the costume for the rest of it. But like, this is the that you. I, I think the movie made some very smart decisions with the character. I like the character, but I'm not I'm not one of those people that's slavishly devoted. Like it has to be this way. You got to make a good movie. That's that at the end of the day, that's what you got to do. And I I definitely think because again, we're not talking about we're not talking about high art here. We're talking about GI Joe. And so I think this is I think for me this is 100 percent the best GI Joe movie I've seen. Uh, and I definitely think this is I think it did it, it's. Um, by taking from 80s and 90s B ninja movies, I think that was smart. By taking what it needed from the fast movies, I think that was smart. I think it made I think it definitely set a foundation to build from that you could do more movies. Whereas if I think if you did something that was more needlessly devoted to the toy line, I I, I don't think you have a franchise out of that. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I think that. I'm glad that you and I are on similar pages about this, even though we're coming at it from different backgrounds. I will say anybody who is upset that Henry Golding was not white enough is going to be really disappointed by this movie because this movie is super duper not white. Yeah, uh, and it should be. It's ninjas. <laughs> like, I, Roxy, yeah. I, I kid you not. It, it is the, – the story is white in the comics, in the, in the comics and the cartoon. White guy goes in and becomes a better ninja than his Japanese buddy. And then his Japanese buddy becomes the bad guy. That's one. You shouldn't do that today. You couldn't do that today. That's dumb. And it's not. And and it's not like. Yeah, it, it, it's it's functionally the same story in that it is an American going yeah. to the thing. Like it's the same. He just doesn't look like the blonde haired, blue eyed character from the comics. But he's a ninja. He shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. I. Yeah, I, I, because I didn't know, like, even going back to the Storm Shadow stuff, I didn't know that that was Storm Shadow. Yeah. I've never heard of I didn't know. Maybe this is a bad thing to say out loud, but I've never even heard of Storm Shadow. I, I think that's totally fine. <laughs> it's totally, that's totally fine. So uh, I'd heard of Snake Eyes. I'd never heard of Storm Shadow. Yeah. So that was, I had no idea. I was like, oh, this dude seems like good dude. It seems like it seems like a real top notch dude. I'm ready to root for him and be have him be the good guy of this movie. I will say, Roxy, for you, somebody who um, 
has, is not familiar with G.I. Joe or Storm Shadow. Again, I just, for the first time, watched G.I. Joe Retaliation last night, which, by the way, was written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Um, so that's wild. Uh, the gentleman that they have played Storm Shadow in that, Lee Byung-hun, has a very many shirtless scenes in that movie. And boy, Ooh. did that boy put the work in. That's a very beautiful boy that got to play Storm Shadow in that movie. So it might be worth just checking out a couple of those scenes. Uh, Didn't they make a G.I. Jane at some point? Uh, there is. The, and that's unrelated. Um, oh. That's the... Um, um, why am I blanking on her name right now? Uh, that'll come to me. But yeah, un- unrelated. There is a Lady J character. Um, that was also oh, Adrian Palicki. Uh, yeah, in in retaliation. Yeah. Um, oh, it's GI J. It's Lady J. Lady J. But in the movie, and the movie was GI Jane. I'm just thinking about like the dolls growing up. I thought that there was a GI Jane. Maybe, maybe that would mean that would make sense. Although, because what is GI Joe's origin? Not origin story. Like, okay. did he start as the action figures? Yeah. So, um. Back when my dad was a kid, the original G.I. Joe was something that would be more akin to like a Ken doll or a Barbie doll, like that size. And just like Barbie had multiple outfits, G.I. Joe had multiple service outfits, Navy, Army, whatever. Right. And so you bought the, you bought the base, base toy, base doll, and then you bought the different outfits. And of course, it's what, the 50s, so everything's super gendered. So girls get Barbie, boys get G.I. Joe. Duh. Yeah, and then in the eighties, um, there was there was a, 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 a oil embargo, um, so which went affected toy lines as well. So you couldn't afford to to manufacture the bigger toys. So they, I think it's well, it's not six inch. I think it's like four inch little the little action figures. That was um, Star Wars original toy line was about that size too, um, and so that was GI Joe had a little bit more articulation than the, the traditional Star Wars line, which of course was raking in all the money. Um, right. uh, uh, Star Wars reinvigorated the action figure market, and so yeah. So then you had these little the little action figure dudes and and at the time same with transformers the best way to market that was by having have its own cartoon which is really now as an adult really weird to think about that basically i was trained as a child to have an emotional connection to these cartoon characters so i would buy the toys so basically i was emotionally invested in capitalism that that's what my brain was trained to do cartoon show or cartoon strip this cartoon show, cartoon show, uh, but it was full at the time. It was full bore. Like you would, if you wanted to sell your toy, you had a cartoon animated series. You had a comic book. You had a, you know what I mean. Same with Transformers. Right. They had an animated series and a comic book. The difference is the GI Joe show did well. The comic um, was was kind of like revolutionary at the time. I think it ran like 150 issues. I want to say Larry Hammond did all of them before it went to other publishers. It was published by Marvel at the time. And so a lot of the the more mature storylines come from the comics. So Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes actually didn't factor into the animated series that much. He was a much bigger fixture in the in the comics. And of course, kids like me loved him. And are you talking about now early 90s? Uh, it would be 80s, it would pri- primarily 80s. I think uh, 90s, um, so I was coming in when I, by the time I was old enough, I was coming in on the tail end of that. So that would be the super early nineties when kind of the GI Joe was, was on as at that time was, was kind of being phased out. And of course, like a lot of like transformers and he man, every few years it comes back and does a new thing. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's kind of where we're we're at now. And I and I just don't know. Like we've got a new He-Man show on Netflix. Um, obviously, Transformers is is still relatively huge through the Michael Bay movies, but I just don't. There's there's a there's a fan base there, but I don't know if it's as engaged as like the Marvel or DC fan base. Um, and so I'll be. Is interested- anything as engaged as that? Solid point. Uh, very very solid point. Um. So and it's but everybody's trying to do the same thing. So Hasbro, who now owns all these lines, you know, what were once competing toy lines, they own uh GHO, I think they own Power Rangers, they own Transformers, they own Mask, they own all that stuff. They're trying to make their own movie universe. And I just don't I don't see how it's gonna work. Like Marvel Comics and DC Comics were like every month for decades. It, it just provides a different different engagement than like hey buy this toy here's a backstory card i think larry hama the, all the gi joe toys had on the back card that the toys packaged with had little cards that i think larry hammer wrote those as well that kind of filled That's in the backstories cool. but i do want to ask you the is is there since you and i grew up with different stuff is there like a toy you grew up with that you think could use the um live action movie treatment I was really excited for the Barbie movie when it was announced, actually. What, and now it's Greta Gerwig's directing, right? Yeah. That's bananas. And Noah Baumbach's co-writing it with her? It was announced with Amy Schumer and then not. Now it's Margot Robbie. Yeah, which is definitely like a much better direction um, tonally, I think. Do you – what – okay. So I, if I'm being honest, this a little bit feels like to me like, hey, Quentin Tarantino's going to do a Star Trek. It's like – is he though? Like when you say like Greta Gerwig's going to do a Barbie movie, is she though? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do feel you on that. Uh, I kind of think so though because I, I think that Greta Gerwig could have a really interesting take on a Barbie movie. One hundred percent. So that's just maybe wishful thinking, but that would be cool. What would you like um, to see in a Barbie movie? It's a great question. I uh, I think that it would have to be extremely funny yeah because otherwise we have issues <laughs> so like they would have to be a comedy but then they're also gonna have to get to some of like the real points of what it is to be like have the perfect standard or whatever it is mm-hmm. and like get to some some lady issues that we all had because of fucking barbie also um, who is i feel like amy schumer is an interesting casting margot robbie may, just makes sense who's a, right who's a good ken Who's Margot Robbie's Ken? Ooh, like 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 a Matt Balmer or like um, that would be fucking hilarious if they cast Matt Balmer and we find out before the end of the movie that Ken's gay. I w- that would yeah, be yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would be effing amazing. Um, they're just it's her gay BFF. Yeah, which Not would also Ken's been the whole time be amazing. That would actually yeah. be really and also kind of track. It would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, that would be great, totally. Because uh, what was weird about Ken is that he didn't have a personality. Mm-hmm. I know it's weird to say Barbie did because we all like gave, put that personality on her. Yeah, but even by having Malibu Barbie or like wherever she was, that's what she was. Ken was just always kind of like, "What the fuck's Ken?" I'm not smart enough to, in this moment, 
dissect this, but I do think it's interesting. A lot of the stuff I grew up with, again, I just told, like cartoons, comics, very specifically stories marketed to me to get me to buy the stuff. And I think it's interesting that girls' toys, and I don't know if maybe if this, it, I, I don't know what this would mean, still allowed for girls imaginations it wasn't you weren't told like hey here's the story you're supposed to tell it's like hey here's the doll you were supposed to play yeah or here's the poly pocket or here's the whatever and i'm just talking about i'm not saying that these are the toys girls had to play with this was these are the toys that were marketed to girls yeah literally in the toy aisle it would say four girls four girls uh very specific color schemes down each aisle um and 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 I, i find that interesting that it's like uh we have the, we have this, at least marketing wise, this expectations of girls of like, hey, they'll be able to figure it out. Like they'll be able to they'll be able to create their own story out of this. Where it's boys are like, no, this guy does this, and this is his job. To the point where people get angry about it when they're adults. Like, no, Snake Eyes needs to be this way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Our dolls and our Barbies were different. Um, and like the most famous thing to come out of Barbie, we didn't have like the GI Joe cartoon type thing. The most famous Barbie thing ever was. Uh, that song by Aqua. I'm a Barbie girl. Oh, yeah. In a Barbie world. Yeah. That that was the only like Barbie thing that I can think of. Yeah. Um, that said anything about Barbie. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like I can't even think of any. And obviously that's not that wasn't a Barbie put out song. But it needs to be in the movie. Let's be honest. Come on, <laughs> come on. Uh, but I really loved the movie. Did you ever see Life Size with Tyra Banks? Um, I think I did, but it was so long ago that it did, or I think maybe my sister watched it and I watched her watch it. I, I, I remember it, but I don't have memories of it, if that makes sense. It was kind of a Barbie movie and it was good. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Uh, but I think there's a ton of things that you could do. You mentioned Polly Pocket. I love Polly Pocket. That was like my main squeeze for a really long time. So something there. But yeah, I'd be excited about a Barbie movie, especially when you attach an actually talented director to it and not just like some some like, uh uh-oh issue. Michael Bay. Yeah, Brett Ratner's Barbie. Um, Yeah. yeah. Wow. Can't wait. (laughs) Um, Do you think there's a chance that that – because actually, other than the fact that Life Size already exists – I do think there's a lot of merit of Barbie doll comes to life. Adult woman needs to like deal with her relationship with Barbie, the brand. Like, I feel like there's actually some merit in that. Is there any chance that they'll do that? Or do you think they'll just be like, here's Margot Robbie. She's Barbie. This is her life. Maybe. I think that they definitely have to address that Barbie's a doll at some point. So we have to have her either come to life and, or some kind of, um, I wish I 13 going on 30 swap yeah. body, like something like that. Barbie's real person all of a sudden mm-hmm. in different, but whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, that totally. would be cool. Also just want to throw this out there. The possibility that, cause I, I correct me if I'm incorrect in this. I feel like the appeal of Barbie, a lot of outfits, a lot of different careers she can have. Yeah. Uh, uh, multiverse. Barbie's this is uh, Barbie has to deal with the alternate reality where she's an astronaut, where she's a uh, chef, where she's it could a- be like, um, what the fuck is the name of that show? Uh, from decades ago, maybe the 70s, where he goes in, pops in, has to be who they are, and then leaves. Oh, Quantum Leap, that quantum would leap. be great. That would be great. Barbie is Quantum Leap. Well. I definitely think the the uh, I my knowing that's Greta Gerwig my 
natural instinct was to assume it'd be more slice of life but i do i do think it would definitely be more interesting like you said more interesting than just like a a michael bay or whoever if it it's one of those it feels a little bit too good to be true so i won't i'll wait to see when it happens but i would like to see um, yeah there's just so much stuff so much of big budget entertainment is is feels like it's marketed specifically from boy related brands or brands that are more t- typically related to boys and uh let's that's only half the planet so that feels like we should we could do more uh, <laughs> so we will see on that in the chat um uh ulysses campbell i only saw umberto's tirade on twitter which i thought was funny uh glenn caesar coming in for the win gi jane is no. a demi moore movie that's what that's that's what we were trying to think of, uh, and I, I think that's a rated R movie. It's completely unrelated. And Danny, oh, M, hmm. Danny M wants us to check out Masters of the Universe Revelations. I probably will check it out. I've, I've realized um, that I am not as connected with Masters of the Universe as other stuff because I am late eighties, early nineties. So like when I was kind of like becoming aware of shit, it was mostly early 90s yeah, so no like, connection so like back end gi joe ninja turtles were huge for me power rangers were massive for me um that kind of a thing um but yeah uh danny m says also the best ken and barbie are already the toy in the toy story movies and they are pretty great that is pretty great so that's it. Those are our thoughts on Snake Eyes. We did it without spoilers. Yay, us. Um, go, if you go see it, let us know what you think. Um, like and subscribe and all, whatever. All the other things. Roxy, what are you up to? What are the World Girls up to? Where, For those that don't know, where can they find you? Yeah, the World Girls uh, are throwing a birthday party for Darina on Sunday. Yay. So come party with us. And then on Wednesday, we are doing our IRL episode, which is uh, Six Flags. So it's a, that's a doozy of an effing episode. I will let I you guys bet. know. Uh, can't are wait you, for that one. And are then you a roller coaster, coaster girl? I love them. Okay. Love them. But I will, I'll give you this spoiler, DJ. Ooh, everybody we cover your ears. To, we got to Kate's house at 9 a.m. to go to Six Flags, and we didn't get on our first ride until a little after 4 traffic traffic getting in no lines lines cool so is 105 cool. degrees oh my god so oh i'm more god. of a roller coaster than the episode will show because yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i just gotta i feel like i might have said this before but i just gotta say it again uh big props for your the you and the world girls commitments to the things that you do <laughs> yeah 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 we really there was multiple times in which kate was like we should leave and i was like no yeah we've got to make the content <laughs> yeah so that and then i'm live every day at the roxy if you are watching this live today mark ellis is coming on my show Yay. at one o'clock so come check him out very very cool please follow all that please uh, uh check all that out you can find me at dj talks trash again if you missed the hellbent kickstarter you can find that by going to hellbentcomicbook.com and clicking the pre-order now button that'll take you to our pre-order store and uh you can follow this show everywhere that matters at only stupid answers but on twitter they got the vowels from stupid and we will see you all next week bye everybody